We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is Ivy Nation Sports Talk, and uh, it is a full house show today. We've got a little this, we've got a little of that. Ryan Roberts is in the house. Jesse's going to be in the house in a little bit. Salty uh, was behind and put me on the reverse clock, I guess, to get started because uh, he usually puts me on the clock as soon as the clock strikes six but uh ryan roberts here to start things off how are you tonight my friend i'm doing well sean i'm doing well man i figure i tune into your show every single night anyway so i might as well come on to be a guest i guess right <laughs> jump on and, yes. and be on the show that's right that's it, glad to have you it's been a little while well hey, uh you know we don't do a whole lot of recruiting news on this show and that's why you're here there's uh, some big news today 2025 arizona defensive back cree thomas Announcing his commitment just within the last 30 minutes or so yep. to the Fighting Irish, the ninth commitment by my count, unless you have a different count, to Notre Dame's 2025 class. So, uh, you know, he chose Notre Dame, committed to Notre Dame over Oregon, Wisconsin, Arizona, among the teams that he turned down. So I'll just ask you right off the top, how big is this for Notre Dame? I mean, it's a, it's a great first step, Sean. It really is. And I, I'm actually I'm super happy to be on this show and talk to you because obviously it was a little bit of weird timing with a 530 commitment rolling right into your show, right? <laughs> exactly. So it would have been, exactly. The timing would have been a little funky. But it, it's, a, it's a really great first step because I think there's a lot of layers to the Cree Thomas commitment in general. One is he's a kid that Notre Dame identified as a player that they wanted very early on. You know, he was one of – he was a part of the – pot of gold offer events uh, this past St. Patrick's Day, which went out to all the 2025 kids, obviously, that were on their radar. And pretty much from the jump, he was a guy that Notre Dame had kind of circled in on and said, like, that's a guy we want in the class, right? Because he obviously comes from the same high school as Benjamin Morrison, who's now a absolute star for Notre Dame, for mm-hmm. freshman All-American last year. You know, they're one of the best corners in all of college football. And you continue that pipeline that Brophy Prep is now beginning to build. But more importantly, the player and the young man, I think, is really what separates this commitment for me. One, recruited as a corner. And, you know, I'll get in, I guess, a little bit more as far as, like, what I like about him on film. Because I just dropped a film eval of him on boards.irishbreakdown.com. But he's a he's a 6'1", 175 pounds zone-based corner that can play a little bit of everything on the back end. But the great thing about him, Sean, is I think when you start to build a class, 
Having a guy that can do a little bit of everything is a great starting point to have, a little bit of versatility on the back end. And Creed Thomas is a sophomore was a pure outside corner, a guy that was locking up the best receiver on the opposing team. Junior year comes around. Now he's playing a safety role, and now they're using him in a ton of different ways. He's playing too high. He's playing single high. He's playing man-to-man on slot receivers at times. He is doing everything for Brophy. And now I look at him and I say, if he could last, obviously, as an outside corner, that's where he will probably start his career at Notre Dame more than likely. But he brings a great baseline to the table. Because he can also play safety. I think he could also play nickel. This is a real – I call him a Swiss Army knife on the message board. Like, this is yeah. that type of kid that can do a little bit of everything. You get a player that you wanted out of the state of Arizona, which I think is another big part of it too, because Arizona is a state that is continuing to produce more and more talent each and every year. And I think Creed Thomas is a, a great starting block to that defensive backfield that Notre Dame's building in 2025, which has a chance to be really good if they close on their guys on their board. I think it's interesting with the state of Indi- or Arizona because it's not a traditional, like, this is where you've got to go to get you know, high-end football talent. But just talking to you and seeing some of the names that you've already mentioned and some other names of former NFL players who are out there, it, it seems like, you know, it's known as a retirement state, but it seems like a lot of these former NFL guys are kind of planting their roots in Arizona, yeah. and their sons are, are, are coming, kind of coming up out of there. There's a lot of talent that's starting to build up out there. Yeah, I mean, it broke me especially, obviously, right, is is kind of becoming a little bit of a hotbed. Because, I mean, I, I mentioned Benjamin Morrison, obviously, in 2022, and then 2024 with Free Thomas, whose dad is a college coach. He has some bloodlines as far as some, you know, college players that came through him. But, I mean, we were talking before we started, Sean, and, like, the – Kyle Vandenbosch, who was a all-pro defensive end in the NFL level for the Arizona Cardinals and the Tennessee Titans. He's got twin sons, apparently, that play at Brophy that I believe are sophomores this year that apparently are, are – the one li- the one kid's a linebacker, apparently, and apparently he's a really good football player. Darren Sproul's son apparently is on the team as well. So, yeah, man, they got a, they got a team of future college football players, that's for sure, over there. And this is a guy that – you mentioned Arizona, right? Like, Arizona is – a really interesting state because Brian's talked about this a ton. There's been kind of a little bit of a population shift as far as like a lot of people like moving from California out to Arizona, some Texas yeah. out to Arizona. Arizona is obviously a beautiful place. So people are kind of, you know, populating that state now. And obviously the more players you have in a state, the more opportunities you have to have a hotbed of talent. And that's what Arizona I think is turning into a little bit. And it's really interesting up proposition for Notre Dame to Arizona specifically because Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats, for instance, like they are getting better right under Jay yeah. Fish. They're improving. There's no yep. doubt. But they're still not a power, right? Arizona State is in rebuilding, obviously, under Kenny Dillingham. There is an opportunity, I think, for Notre Dame at times to go into Arizona, which they've done now a couple times over the last couple of years, and to get some of that talent, right? To kind of rob that state of some of some, some of their higher-end talent. And I think Creed's just another example of that and a player that obviously they really wanted in this class. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. So you mentioned a lot of different, you know, the Swiss Army knife and a lot of different things that he does. And the highlights that I saw were, I think, mostly from his junior season when he was playing safety. What what do you think is the best position fit for, the, for Cree Thomas when he gets to Notre Dame? So when I first saw his film as a sophomore, even a little bit of his junior film, I was like, that kid is a field corner in Notre Dame's system that is going to play a whole lot of zone. Because for for a kid that is probably only 16 years old, maybe 17-year-old at this point, he has incredible spatial awareness. Like, he sees the game so well. So a zone-based corner, a guy that gets his eyes forward, can read a quarterback, and really understands, you know, as far as what route combinations you're trying to run against me, where the soft spots are in zone, and be able to collapse and find those and close those holes quickly, I think that he is a really good instinct for that. And then I saw his junior film of safety, though, and that kind of changed my opinion a little bit, Sean, honestly. like, it, This is a young man where I think that he could end up being a really good safety on the next level because he has all the corner tangibles that he can bring to the game, you know, the short area quickness, the, the, the man-to-man coverability, the zone instincts that I talked about. But then I'm talking to his coach that kind of reaffirmed this for me, Jason Jewell, the head coach of our Brophy. And he talked a lot about this kid's long, He's a long strider, and he's got incredible range. He was kind of comparing Benjamin Morrison and Cree Thomas, and he's like, Cree is much more of the rangy type, right? Like, he can cover a lot more ground, opening his hips and kind of working, you know, hash the sideline or to the middle of the field. And I honestly am kind of stuck on the notion of, like, I think Cree might be a safety down the line, right? Like, and we've seen, obviously, Notre Dame have their struggles with safety recruiting. Now, I think 2025 is going to be – a much better class. I think it's actually going to end up being a great class of safety recruiting. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Cree ends up as a safety because I think that he brings a really nice versatility to the table where I can make him almost an interchangeable safety nickel. I can rotate him down, play some man-to-man coverage, work him to the middle of the field at times, play too high. I think the versatility is really nice, and I think that that can really I think kind of set him apart on the next level is is to try to utilize that versatility as much as possible. 
And I think that that's Marcus Freeman was just talking about that within the last week or so about not necessarily pigeonholing guys and just looking at, you know, he's going to come here and he's going to play this, you know, looking at guys who have sort of that, uh, you know, multiplicity, I guess, the versatility to their games going forward. That That's a big thing that Coach Freeman really kind of instilled in the Cincinnati program a little bit when he was there. He didn't look, and obviously this was a part of kind of the whole structure of the defense, but he looked as defensive backs, not as much about corner versus safety, field versus boundary. He looked at them as cover men that he could use in different spots. Like that's why I think of like they had – they had, I forget the one corner's name, but they obviously they had Ahmad Sauce Garner, they had Kobe Bryant, but then they had another corner that ended up playing starting at outside corner this past year, but he was a nickel when those guys were both there, right? Okay. Because they had the ability to kind of put three corners on the field and not be as much of a designated outside corner nickel corner team, right? Like they much were much more of a, we are going to just play man across the board, we're going to have a bunch of cornerback body types, even... Brian Cook, who now is playing with the Kansas City Chiefs, was a safety for Cincinnati, was a top 100 pick uh, two years ago in the draft. He was a former cornerback as well that ultimately at Cincinnati ends up playing safety. So I think that when Marcus Freeman was in his heyday as a defensive coordinator at Cincinnati, he really just, I think, looked at defensive back a little bit more broadly as far as if you have coverage instincts, you have a good body type, you have length, I can find a spot for you on the field. So I think that might be where you're going as far as like more of an interchangeable feel to the position overall on the back end more than just kind of labeling guys as a field corner, boundary corner, and a safety. It's a little bit more interchangeable, I think. Interesting. And, I mean, you know, they're still they're, – they're, they've, they've done a little bit better recruiting the safety position, but that is still an area that kind of needs to be addressed with some numbers anyway. It is. So. Yeah. And, and the good thing is, is that you're getting a guy like a Creed Thomas, who again starting as a corner, but could add to the safety depth eventually. But you're in a great spot, Sean. Honestly, like you are in 2025 at both those positions. Notre Dame's in a great spot. So obviously, you look at him as a corner first, right? And the number right now is Notre Dame would like to get to three corners in the 2025 class, and Notre Dame's in a great spot with multiple corners this year. Like you're in a situation where Notre Dame might have to turn down a really good corner this year. They might have to. It, it, it's that good. But I think that the real cool part about Cree is that you might be able to make those numbers work if you do eventually see him as a safety, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you take three corners outside of him because he's kind of your flex guy. I think he gives you some flexibility for the number side of things. But you have guys on the, on the, on the board right now, Dallas Golden out of the state of Florida, you have guys like Devin Williams out of the state of Georgia. You have Mark Zachary out of Indiana. You have Kevin Humes out of Maryland. And Notre Dame feels pretty good about all those guys. Now, some varying degrees, you know, a little bit more than the others. But for the most part, Notre Dame has a chance in this cornerback group to put together maybe its best class under Mike Mickens. Like, I think that that's pretty safe to say. With I mean, if you land a Dallas Golden and a Devin Williams in a hypothetical to go along with Free Thomas, it's a home run cornerback. Opportunity for Notre Dame. It really is. Yep. So, what's the backstory to Cree Thomas? How how did all this happen for Notre Dame? Well, I mean, like I said, he was a guy that Notre Dame was incredibly high on very early on in this process. Like they, because he was actually on our podcast before. I had pre-recorded an episode like a couple months ago, and he had come on. And I'm trying, I'm planning to get him back on again. So, 
Sean, like you, he's like one of those kids where you ever just like listen to a kid before he's committed to Notre Dame, and you're just like, yeah, that kid's gonna go to Notre Dame. Like, there's no doubt about it, you know. Like, just so well spoken, so just pleasant and nice and articulate, and you just hear him talk, and you're just like, that guy's legit, man. Like, that guy is a legitimately just good person. Right. Loves high academic kid. He's a high three, like eight GPA type of kid as well. Like he has the world in his fingertips, man. He really does. He can pretty much do whatever he wants, I think, in life. And you hear him talk and you're like, that one makes a lot of sense. And then you hear the, you know, the, the Notre Dame side of things as far as they love this kid, right? They love him. They think he's a tremendous player. He's a guy they're going to push for. And I think the key for me is, is that over the last few months, you mentioned a couple of the schools that offered him, the Arizona schools, Oregon, Wisconsin. Really only Wisconsin was a school that I would say has a shot there, right? Like they're the only ones. For whatever reason, Cree really liked Wisconsin. I think that he really just kind of hit it off with the coaching staff, and they showed him a lot of love as well. But this one is pretty cut and dry. It felt for about three to four months here leading up to this, it wasn't a matter of, if it would happen, it was just when it would happen, right? Like, that was the only missing piece here. Cree wanted to go on a visit, take his unofficials, because, again, when he talked to his coach, and it, it kind of gets reiterated, he wants to make sure that he made a really good decision because Cree Thomas is not a kid that's going to decommit. He's just not one of those kids. He wanted to make one decision and make sure he was happy with it. And he visited twice in a three-week stretch. He went to the USC game, and then he went to the Pitt game. No one even knew that he was going to go to the pit game as much. And that was kind really? of like a late, late decision. Because what had happened, Sean, was he left the USC game and he's like, he's like, I think I'm done. Like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Like, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what I have to see anymore. So he went back one more time to just reaffirm everything. He's like, okay, let's make sure one last time, this is where I want to be. He went to Pittsburgh. Well, that, you know, that's probably good, too, because, you know, you come yeah. once, maybe you get swept up and, you know, whatever, yes. and, you know, you're feeling whatever emotion and stuff like that. Just come back and make sure that it's the real deal, you know? That's, that's it, a man. good idea. Yeah. You can do and, it. And, it, and it got cemented for him, no doubt about that. It was, like, I think a day or two after he got back from the pit visit, he had called the staff, obviously, and gave him the verbal commitment at that point, right? So it, it felt like a foregone conclusion for a while. Wisconsin made it interesting. But ultimately, Notre Dame was the place that I have for a long time thought that Creed Thomas was going to end up at because he just he he is the he's the Notre Dame cliche, right? Like the guy that fits in every asset of being a Notre Dame student athlete. He's that kid, articulate, high academics. Literally, the first thing I asked him, Sean, because I have an interview that's coming out with him because I interviewed him before the commitment was made public. I asked him, you know, why Notre Dame? Very generic question. First thing out of his mouth, which it usually is for Notre Dame kids, oh, I'm, I'm very, I'm, academics is very important to me. It's very important for me. I want to set myself up for the next life, for the next life. And that was like kind of the sequence. It was academics, then it was networking, then it was football, right? And it's funny to say for a kid that, you know, he's 6'1", long and can run, like he's probably going to get a shot at the NFL, right? Like he's most likely going to get a shot at the NFL. Despite that, very driven, high academic kid, comes from a great family. Just made so much sense, man. So it, it was a foregone conclusion for a while, but Cree Thomas being Irish is, should be a surprise to nobody. So this uh, position continues to uh, blossom under Mike Mickens these last few years. I mean, just look at what's on the roster right now and, and what's coming in these cycles. So, so what's next for the quarterback yeah. position? Well, I, I got I got I 
I hit on it a little bit earlier, so I can also hit on safety because I think that these things are, are going to be kind of interrelated, especially with the numbers kind of fluctuating the way way you want. Um, but so Mike Mickens has now gone from getting Benjamin Morrison, Jaden Mickey, right, to then getting – then you got Christian Gray and Micah Bell, and we've seen a lot of Christian Gray this year. Now he's got Carson Hobbs and Leonard Moore in 2024. 2025, now with Cree Thomas aboard, like I said, I think that there's definite spot for two, but depending on how you view Cree Thomas, there could be a spot for three. It, it really depends on how he ultimately is viewed by the staff. As of now, he's viewed as a corner. So you're going to expect two more cornerbacks to join the 2025 class. The names that you need to know that I hit on a little bit earlier Dallas Golden is a guy that Notre Dame is, is very high on. He's at a Berkeley prep down there in Tampa Bay, Florida, the high school of Keon Keeley, which I knew was going to bring back some very negative memories to some Notre Dame fans. <laughs> but Dallas Golden is very high on Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I think, is in a very good spot so far with Dallas Golden as they continue to, to maximize that recruitment. Then there's going to be guys that we've talked about. Mark Zachary is an in-state kid at Ben Davis in Indianapolis. You're going to talk about Devin Williams down at Buford in Georgia. You're going to talk about Kevin Humes out of the state of Maryland. That's kind of the short board of, like, the, the guys that are – Notre Dame is very high on, and they also kind of reciprocate that interest, right? There's kind of mutual interest on both sides of things. So I really think if you get a Dallas Golden and then you get one of or two of Devin Williams, Mark Zachary, Kevin Humes, Notre Dame is going to pull together their best cornerback group in some time, and definitely the best under Coach Mickens. And I think that the great thing is is that Coach Mickens, I think, has everyone's trust in the sense of whatever talent you're going to put in that room, he's going to make it better. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's going to make it better. And if, if you get an elite class like they're pushing for in 2025, an elite class that I think they can get in 2025, and you're able to retain Mike Mickens for a couple years – Notre Dame's cornerback room is going to be fun. Like It's going to be a fantastic room. And I really think that overall, secondary recruiting in 2025 is off to a great start. You know, But I think it all starts with, obviously, what Mike Mickens is doing in that cornerback room. Well, and like you said, if you can retain him, I mean, he is going to start becoming an even hotter commodity. And it was just a few weeks ago where Marcus Freeman was talking about, he, you know, he's ready to be a defensive coordinator. And there could be some dominoes. That, that fall with all the speculation about what could happen to Al Golden. You know, there were already head coaching opportunities. So it's like, he, this, Mike Mickens needs to be a priority for Notre Dame one yes. way or another. Oh, he has to be. Such an important position. Such an important position. That That's one of the – that's the coach right there for me, Sean, that no matter what it takes, you need to try to keep that guy around as long as possible, right? Because – there's no questioning of if he's a great coach. We know he's a great coach. I mean, you don't do what you've done with guys like Cam Hartz. And, I mean, even before that, I mean, he made he made a lot of solid players look a lot better than they were early on in his Notre Dame career. And then he gets very talented kids like Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison, and he maximizes them. And then you lose them for a game against Pitt, at least they're limited in the game against Pitt. And guys like Christian Gray and Jaden Mickey come in, both of interceptions and ball outs, right? And then now you're talking about the next step of a Creed Thomas, of a Carson Hobbs coming, Leonard Moore coming, and you just really get excited about the future of the cornerback position. So, yes, you are 100% correct. Whatever it takes, pay raise, whatever, keep Mike Mickens in South Bend as long as you possibly can. Well, like Freeman was talking about when he was 
the discussion about Mickens came up when they were at Cincinnati together. It wasn't Marcus Freeman who was pounding the table for Sauce Gardner over there. It was Mike Mickens. And, yes. you know, again, a guy who, you know, wasn't necessarily, you know, thought of in, in elite status, but he obviously became elite being, yes. being mentored, tutored, tutored by Mike Mickens. And look where he is now. Sean, that's that's why recruiting is such a interesting field, right? It's like you look back at Ahmad Sauce Gardner's background, and you're like, if Notre Dame signed a kid with that background, right? He was like a two star kid. If they signed mm-hmm. that type of kid, Notre Dame fans would have lost their minds. Oh yeah, they lose their minds. Run them out of town. That's right. And all due respect to Notre Dame fans here, because I am one of them, a lot of schools would have done that as well, right? Like Ohio State fans would have done that, Georgia fans, Alabama fans. But then you look at the end result, and yes, Ahmad Sauce Gardner is tall and long, and he's athletic, and he has some raw traits to work with. But you have to give a big part of the credit for, one, identifying him, but then helping to develop him for what Mike Mickens was able to do out down there in Cincinnati. So, yeah, man, he needs as much credit as he possibly can for that one. Because he found a diamond, diamond in the rough, found some coal, and he turned it into a diamond, right? Like he did that and put a little pressure in there and and made it happen. So Brandon has a question of you. He wants to know how serious a contender Notre Dame is for Kevin Humes. He says he knows we're in the top five, but is he a take with Golden Williams and Zachary on the board? Uh, He's reasonable. I mean, they're a contender, Brandon. They are. So I, I think for me, like, the reason that I would say it's a crowded board right now is because all the players that you just mentioned, Dallas Golden, Devin Williams, Mark Zachary, and Kevin Humes, Notre Dame's all in a good place with every one of them. Again, to varying degrees, but in a good place with all of them. I would say out of that group, if you get a Dallas Gold, let's say, and it's a Devin Williams, Mark Zachary, Kevin Humes, I think Notre Dame would have a hard time saying no to either any, any of the of those three to be that third cornerback in the in the, in the in the class. I think so I think that he is a Notre Dame's a reasonable competitor for him. I would ultimately say that he's probably the least likely though of that board, in my opinion, to end up at Notre Dame. I just think that maybe they're slightly in a better spot with a Mark Zachary, for instance, you know, for using that comparison. But I think that they have a shot there if they push all the right buttons. I think that Mark Zachary likes Notre Dame a lot. He's been in Notre Dame twice already, which is obviously a, a good a good proof that there is interest there. So I think that he's a very reasonable person for Notre Dame to push for. Are you expecting um, any more, uh, not surprises, any more, you know, any activity here in the near I, future, I guess? I would say it like this, Sean. I think that, like I said, Notre Dame's in a good spot with a lot of secondary players in 2025. And I think that Creed Thomas – is potentially kickstarting some good momentum on the recruiting trail, right? So I do believe that Notre Dame will be able to potentially be able to close on one or two guys by the end of the new year. I think that Notre Dame has the opportunity to do that. And, you know, because like I said, Notre Dame's in a good spot with quite a few guys right now. I mean, we, we, we can take it obviously to cornerback, and I already talked about those guys, but – Notre Dame's in a great spot with Ivan Taylor, the safety out of the state of Florida. They're in a good spot with Owen Striebig out of the, you know, the offensive tackle out of Wisconsin. They are trending in great directions with a, quite a few guys on the board. So I think that Notre Dame has a chance to really ride this momentum and to continue the, the, the great start that they are in 2025. Yep, it's going uh, to be interesting to see 
kind of the start of this off season and and what happens with some different coaching moves and and things like that and kind of you know like you always I think kind of sit on the edge of your seat a little bit you know what the impact is going to be and I mean you know it better than me because you've obviously covered it a lot closer so it's 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 a it's a turbulent world man it really is like I feel like I have I feel like there's talking points and there's news that I hit on every single day, and then like in the next day, things just change so quickly. It's just such a volatile world, the world of recruiting. Uh, anybody that's looking to get into it, I'm not sure I would recommend it for the like the 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 you know the uh, faint of heart. I guess is the best way to put the, the how the recruiting world can be. Man, it is hustle and bustle. It's volatile. It's crazy. I mean, it really is. Things move so quickly, so fast. I mean, I'm talking about a kid that I think. Notre Dame's trending in a great direction, and then he changes his mind the next day, right, as far as, like, how those things typically trend. So recruiting is a wild, wild world right now. So Tommy's got a question. He says, with the 20 cornerback class being over-recruited in terms of incoming talent for several years now, is that a position group we can expect to see transfers from? So I believe the one Tommy's talking about is the Ryan Barnes, Chance Tucker, like that class. Uh, Tommy, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not willing to speculate on transfers, honestly. Like that's not something – I mean, anytime that you have a position group or players from position group that are getting – that are getting – passed over by younger kids, I mean, you're always in threat of that, right? I mean, you're in a transfer portal world where, I mean, things happen so fast. That's why I always say, like, you know, for me, from my personal approach, Sean, I'd be like, I would always over-recruit. I would always over-recruit, you know, as far as continuing to push and keep ties with kids in, in the now class and the future classes because numbers can change so quickly, man. It's just one or two transfers that kind of take you off guard, an and injury that, that is a medical retirement. Like, things happen so quickly. So it, yep. it happens, man. It really happens so fast. Yep. All right, one more question before we let you move on and then bring in your favorite Styers out of the bullpen. What Are there any quarterbacks who you expect to hit the portal that you like for Notre Dame? This is kind of tough, I think. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, like, Andrew, I've heard a couple names of guys that are going to answer. It's nobody, like, super – like super high profile yet. It's more like some guys that are kind of like mid-tier guys and maybe, you know, a couple guys that I think could transfer potentially up to like power five. But there's nobody that I know of that's going to enter the portal that like moved the needle for me yet. I would be open to a potential transfer. And I know obviously Notre Dame is open to a potential transfer. It's just of like the varying degree of like, are you pushing for a guy that's going to come in and potentially start for you? Are you going to push for a guy that's more of just depth? Are you going to push for a guy that's just going to come in and compete? You know, what, what type of quarterback Notre Dame brings in? Is kind of wait a wait and see type of situation right now. So I mean, there's a there's a couple guys that I think could potentially answer, but a lot of speculation out there right now, and there's not a lot of result. I will say this though, Sean, it's not the sexiest grad transfer quarterback class. I don't think it's going to be. I mean, yeah. like just hearing some of the names that are potentially going to be on the market, it's definitely not. You know, Caleb Williams two years ago, like that class. It's not. You know, Jaden Daniels was in that class as well. Even last year, I mean, there were couple guys that hit the portal that were super interesting and then even like Drake May's name was floated out there as a guy that could potentially enter the portal this past year as well I mean I'm not hearing those types of names right now it's more about guys transferring up to try to prove that you know the competition level question marks you know like right. we saw a kid for example 
we saw a kid out of FCS Holy Cross that entered the portal today, Matthew Sluka. That kid on the FCS level is one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks on that level, probably the best dual-threat quarterback on that level. He's transferring up to prove something, right? But going from Holy Cross to Notre Dame, like that's a legitimately high jump, right? That's like that is, that's, that's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. So I, nobody that's really popping to me yet, Andrew, as we have guys into the portal, I'll give my thoughts on them. I'll see if there's guys that are interesting. But I haven't heard any names that like are thought provoking to me yet. The guys that are like no doubters, I would go after that guy. All right. Sounds good. Good stuff. Ryan Roberts, Cree Thomas with the commitment earlier today. You can read all about it at irishbreakdown.com. So go check it out. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. I'm happy to right. just my favorite stars on the show now. Sean, I always appreciate you too, man. Good to all see right. you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good thing. I'll see you guys. All right. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.